No, but as I've been observing over the week, um, there's a verse that has continued to come to my mind, and it's uh, it's also a verse that's important to the upcoming uh, missions conference and and uh, in the book of Second Timothy, <clears throat> chapter one, verse. Six says, as Paul's talking to Timothy, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And Paul didn't tell that to Timothy because Timothy was slacking on the job. But all of us should be reminded to us that we carry the gift of God. We carry what we carry is a gift from God. Amen. We carry the gift of God. Christ Jesus, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, right? We carry the salvation of the Lord. We carry the gospel of the living God. And what he's saying is this isn't just a one-time thing. This is a continually fan the flame. Keep the flame burning. Keep the flame, flame white hot. Don't allow the flame to dim. Don't allow it to cool. Don't become lukewarm, but fan into flame the gift of God that has been given to us. And so I want to encourage us to do that for yourselves because you own, you, you, you bear ownership in your walk with the Lord. Do that with yourself Parents do that with your children, your loved ones. And I tell y'all what, those of us, we can, we can get on our, in our rocking chairs and have our remote controls and we can wave our fingers at the next generation and what's wrong, but we better, we better see what's going right in this generation. And we better fan into flame the gift of God that is in the next generation and the generations beyond. We have a duty before God to fan into flame of these precious young adults here. Are y'all hearing me? And so I've just been seeing that flame fanned all week. So I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Brittany and, and, and Dominique, as they've been sharing what God has put on their heart, it's been amazing. They they teach as long as I do, so I'm going to have to get out of the way here pretty uh, pretty soon. But I just want to, I just want all of y'all to know. I want to commend all of you how y'all have. Yeah, you've had fun. There's you know there's been young people stuff, but when it came down to hearing God's word and 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 acting on it and and being attentive and receiving and feet and eating on the word of God, these kids mean business. And it is encouraging and, it's, and inspiring to me. And it's something deserving of our fanning into flame and really lifting them up and propelling them forward in whatever their futures hold in the Lord. Amen? So uh, having said that, I'm going to relinquish the mic. Something few pastors like to do. <laughs> Proud of you guys. Alrighty, hi everyone. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Brittany Cannon. I'm one of the youth pastors here. Dominique is not coming up. <laughs> 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 the 
than you, Pastor Dominique. Um, and so this week we have just been, we've had a ball since Wednesday night to this morning. As you can tell, I used the last bit of my voice um, during worship. But um, in this year, our theme was In His Name. Before we get into that, though, we do have a slideshow that we'd like to share with you. Um, and then we'll get into everything else. Alrighty, perfect, thank you. <laughs> All right, ooh, sorry. Alrighty, 
So as you guys can see, a lot happened this week. We had a lot of things going on. Um, and something that we really want to point out is that it is impossible for our kids and for us to be able to do things like that without the love and support and encouragement of a lot of people. So I have got a note, a notes app full of thank yous to give. First of all, we'd like to thank the devil and parents. They gifted all the children Bible highlighters. They were used all week. The kids really enjoyed them. They got really artistic with them, and they really just had a good time. We'd like to thank James and Christian. They helped out with sound and media, um, and they stuck around even when we were severely off schedule. So we are really grateful to them um, donating their time to us and just being available to us when we needed them. We would like to thank Jonna as she helped make a wonderful waffle breakfast for us. Chicken and waffles, might I add. It was marvelous. Um, we'd like to thank Pastor Dale for letting us use his vehicle to tote all of these children to a uh, main event in Oklahoma City. I'd like to thank my grandma, Connie, for helping us cook and for offering up her showers to a bunch of hooligans. Um, these people, um, we also like to thank my parents. Um, I literally, I have on my um, notes, says, did so much. Same with the good nurse. It just did absolutely so much. They rearranged their schedules. If the kids were up late, they were up later. If the kids were up early, they were up earlier. They were just making sure that we had exactly what we needed. And they were also taking care of us leaders throughout the whole time. So they were just such a blessing. We'd also like to thank Leanne, who made us a wonderful tasty chili for one of our dinners. It was awesome. Um, he's not here, of course, but we like to thank Mr. Dan Purdy. He's the one, if you saw that big bowl of ice cream, he helped us make some homemade ice cream, and he let the kids, including Evan, get on his truck and, <laughs> and get some soft drinks. Um, we'd also like to thank Mr. Robert Bradley because he helped, he donated eggs to us for a wonderful hash brown breakfast that we had. And we also want to thank Desiree for designing these cool shirts. They're rocking awesome. So thank you, everybody, for all the help that you have given. It is It doesn't go unnoticed, and it is such an incredible blessing to us. Um, the kids had a great time. We had a great time, and we were taken care of. And it was really amazing to not have to worry about anything. It made me think of the verse when it, when, um, it says, don't worry about what you will eat or drink. We sure didn't. Everybody, we knew that that was going to be taken care of. We were like, okay, as long as we can keep the kids alive, everything else is already taken care of. That's all we got to do. So you guys are so amazing, and I cannot thank you enough for everything that you've done for us. It is so, we were so grateful. And uh, now Dee Dee's going to come on up. Oh, yes. Okay, so before I go into uh, what we were speaking about throughout camp, I just want to explain the name of our camp as well as the shirt design, as you guys can see back there. This camp, we were wanting to be, we wanted to focus on the names of God and just how involved he is in our day-to-day -day lives, in every single situation, even um, in our good days and in our bad days. God is always there. And um, we have the words. Desiree was amazing that she was able to make this vision come to life. Every word is spelled out with one of the names of God. So if you want to come uh, and look at the shirts or take a closer look at the design, we have Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, um, El Roi, and I could 
El Shaddai, like there are so many different names. And uh, they also have all of the definitions of the names on the back of the shirt so that when our kids go out wearing them, people in front of them are able to encounter God and people behind them are able to encounter God. And we just wanted uh, them to realize just how involved he is in our day-to-day lives. And so over this camp, we went over, we highlighted three of these names. Uh, Brittany opened on Wednesday night with Yahweh. Um, and then I spoke on Jehovah Nisi, then Brittany Jehovah Rapha, then I ended with El Roy. So today I'm just going to be going over my two, because if I did all four, as dad said, we'd be here all day. So, um, so uh, in our small groups, we uh, broke out into small groups every single afternoon just to kind of dive a little bit deeper into each of the names of God we were going to go over um, that night. So we started with Jehovah Nisi, and I didn't, I didn't give James the verses, sorry James, but I will be reading um, some references today, uh, and we'll be starting in Exodus 17, verses 8 through 16. Um, then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is my banner, saying, A hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So we wanted to start with that reference to show Um, how God moved in that seemingly impossible situation. So these are um, the freshly freed um, Israelites from Egypt. They weren't trained in any sort of uh, warfare. They weren't trained as soldiers. They weren't trained in any sort of weaponry. So the situation already looks grim. These um, Amalekites, sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, It's Exodus 17 verses eight through 16. Um, And so instead of being overwhelmed by this seemingly impossible situation, Moses knew all he had to do was rely on God. And even in the midst of that, he would raise up his arm for hours, it said, for hours. So I wanted to point out that we can be in situations and we can be getting exhausted. We can be getting wearied. We can be um, in pain from all this perseverance and all this perseverance. But just because we're struggling through situations doesn't mean that God's hand isn't still over the situation. And we also wanted to point out that Aaron and her were on either side. When Moses grew weary, his friends were there in support of him. And they didn't say, okay, let's just let's just give up, let's just retreat, let's just run away. They knew this is how God wanted to move. And so when that staff was in the air, it was pointing to the one who claimed the victory over the Amalekites. It was pointing to God. God was through the, the whole entire battle. And even though 
It was hours and hours, and he was hurting and probably sore and stiff by the end of it. They were victorious because he didn't let the current circumstance dictate how powerful God was. God's power was still there. God was, God's hand was over everything. And so Moses, as he pointed to God, those Amalekites probably didn't realize what he was doing. They probably thought that it was silly seeing him on top of a mountain with his hand in the air. And logically, that's not really the way that we would think a battle is won. We don't really think if we just stand still and we just keep our hand in the air, everything's going to be okay. Um, but God works in mysterious ways, and he works in those ways um, so that he can, so that uh, we are able to walk through our purpose. Because if we look at the whole entire story of Moses, it's incredible. God had his hand over Moses when he was a little baby, when he was saved by his mother by being put in a basket. So God already knew Moses' purpose from a little boy in an already um, impossible situation where Pharaoh had um, all the boys to and under be slain. Um, but Moses was preserved, and he ended up being positioned uh, with Pharaoh's daughter and raised as her son. How else would a Hebrew back then have been able to have such influence and such power had God not moved in that incredible way of um, giving Moses favor in a river before he could even remember. Moses' earliest memories were probably being in nobility, were probably being in a palace, but God still was able to grow his heart towards his people. And he knew from when Moses was a baby that he would free the Israelites and that he would lead them to the promised land. So we've got to remember that even when we're in these difficult situations, God still has a purpose for our life. He still has a purpose and our suffering and our pain is not in vain. We can still show and point to God in the midst of everything so that when we come out victorious. People know that it wasn't by our own strength, that it was from the God who sees. It was from the Lord, our banner, the Lord, our healer, Yahweh, the great I am. So that's the first story of Jehovah Nissi. And I'm going to be going over, I used um, David and Goliath as another example of Jehovah Nissi. And I'll go ahead and say the references I used. And it's 1 Samuel 17, 44 through 50. And I'm going to go ahead and read that through real quick. So the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There is no sword in the hand of David. So this story really represented to me that we can use our talents and we can use our words to point towards our Heavenly Father. David was against Goliath, who was a known champion. All the other trained soldiers were too afraid to go against him. 
but the other soldiers had the same power that David had because they had God on their side. But instead of focusing on God, the Lord, our banner, which banners are raised in celebration of a great victory. David already spoke the victory into existence before he saw it because David knew who his strength was. He knew that God was going to prevail over everything. And so um, even though the other soldiers, they uh, kind of fell in ways that I see myself falling in sometimes. I focus on my situation. I'm like, oh, well, this is just going to be really hard. There's no point to this. Um, Where is God? God, do you hear me praying? Why is this happening to me? Why, 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 why? Instead of um, me focusing on God sees me. God has a purpose for my life. And even though this is difficult, this situation could be positioning me in a way where I can lead more people to God because I only overcame the situation because of God's hand over my life. And so because David said those words, I come to you not with weapons. I come to you with the name of the Lord of hosts. He knew all he had to do was call the name of God and he would prevail. That's all we have to do. That's the power we carry because God is with us. And when God is for us, who can be against? So make sure that you're raising the banner, raising that celebratory banner of who God is, even in the midst of your trials, because we know, we already know that it's going to come out exactly how God planned for it to come out. And just because we're struggling doesn't mean that we aren't still walking in the purpose that God has called us to, okay? So that's um, just a little condensed version of Jehovah Nisi, because I know Brittany has two, she wants to go over, so I'm going to force myself to keep going. Um, so uh, the last one I wanted to speak on was El Roy, and that was the story of Daniel. And so the whole, the whole uh, section that I spoke on last night was Daniel 1, verse 1 through 21, but I'm just going to focus on Daniel 1, uh, verses 8 through 13. And this is after Daniel and his friends were, um, were taken by King Nebuchadnezzar because he wanted, um, these, he wanted these youths to serve him in his palace. And he, uh, he besieged Jerusalem and he took a bunch of boys. But the four boys that we highlighted uh, yesterday were Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we were focusing on them because... Um, when you're besieged, that means you're surrounded where no help can come in. Like you see the formidable enemy all around you. To be besieged is not a good situation. In other words, you don't ever want that to happen. But instead of focusing on that and being terrified and thinking that God had abandoned them and that he just didn't care what was going on with them, when he came in and the chief of the eunuchs were telling him that they had to eat the specific diet of meat and wine so that they could build themselves up and become strong, Daniel resolved in his heart that he would not be defiled before God. And so I'm just going to read this passage really quick. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who assigned your food and your drink. For why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who, were of, who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. 
Then Daniel said to the steward whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So Daniel already knew that by walking in the way that God had commanded them to walk as to where they could live lives that were undefiled before him. He didn't say, okay, give us a few months and you'll be able to see this. No, give us a few weeks and you'll be able to see God at work by us uh, following um, what we're supposed to eat. He said, give us 10 days and you will see a difference. And we see uh, in the rest of this passage, like I said, um, through uh, 14 and 21, that they were tested for 10 days, but they ended up being stronger and, um, and bigger than all the other boys in a matter of 10 days. Um, and, the, and King Nebuchadnezzar, um, they would walk into the courtroom with him and he saw that they were more knowledgeable than his magicians and all of those people that were with him in the courts for decades and decades in that short matter of time, simply because Daniel knew that God was still with them, even though they were stripped of their names, even though they were yanked from their homes, even though they were on this three-year period where they had to learn the literature and the language of this whole new kingdom instead of falling into that and deciding, okay, well, this is our new home, so we're just going to eat whatever the king tells us to eat because God has abandoned us. No, he didn't focus on that. Daniel and his friends knew that God was still there and that they still had a purpose, and so they were still able to, they knew that they were seen by God. And so Daniel, the whole story of Daniel, just like the whole story of Moses, is a perfect representation of El Roi and the perfect representation of the God who sees. God sees us in every single situation. So please don't let your present situations or the um, difficult situations that are yet to come affect your faith in the God who sees or affect your faith in raising that banner of celebration because our victory looks different. God's victories look different than how we deem victories to look. And so we just have to focus on who God is, what his names mean. And the more we understand who God is and the names that are on the back of our shirt, the more open our eyes are going to be to see him in our day-to-day -day lives. So um, those are my references that are going to speak out today. Brittany has a lot she has to say, and we also have some kids that are going to be speaking. Um, and so I'm just going to turn over the mic to Brittany before I keep going. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm back. Um, I wasn't so good as Dominique to have my physical Bible, so you'll have to bear with me for a moment. Okay, so the name of God that I went over for camp, I went over uh, Yahweh and I went over Jehovah Rapha, but today I really just want to talk about Jehovah Rapha. And if you don't know, Jehovah Rapha means the Lord my healer. So what we did was we went over Mark 2, 1 through 12, and this is when um, Jesus heals the paralyzed man. Okay, so I'm going to start. It says, a few days... Thank you. 
It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So I said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of all of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So the reason why we wanted to talk about Jehovah Rapha was... For physical healing, yes, and for the kids to be able to see that in impossible situations, God is able to move and that God is able to heal. But we also wanted to highlight some other important things that Jehovah Rapha also can do. And I also wanted to clarify that by we, when we're talking about these different names of God, the point isn't to put God in several different boxes, but it's more to give a clear overview of every little way that you can see God work in your life, as Dominique said. So then when things happen, instead of thinking, oh, how lucky am I? Or, oh, what a coincidence. You see, you're like, oh no, I know that God is Jehovah Nisi, or I know that God is Jehovah Rapha. So I know that right here, this is God working. So it's very obvious when you see things like people who are paralyzed, who are unable to move, being lowered through roofs, and then they're able to walk out the door afterwards. But we also wanted the kids to see that there are things that we might consider little things that are actually Jehovah Rapha healings. We talked about emotional healings. We talked about situational healings, friendship healings. Um, attitude healings. I know I said I needed some attitude healing sometimes, you know, and just different ways that the Lord will work through us when we give our situations to him. Something else that we found important was this man has been paralyzed his entire life from what we understand from the verse. So it's not like he just all of a sudden became paralyzed and then was like, hey, Lord, heal me. And it was an immediate healing. This man had to wait he had to wait on Jehovah Rapha, and he could have become bitter, he could have become begrudging, and he could have rejected his healing and been like, you know what, I've been like this for so long, and I've prayed so many times, whatever, I'm done. Whatever happens, happens, I don't want your healing anymore. But he was humble, and his friends were able to come and help him, just like we talked about earlier. This is why we need Christian community. He had friends who were able to support him through his Jehovah Rapha healing. He would not have otherwise been able to get into the place where Jesus was. But he had Jesus-believing friends. He had Bible-believing friends who were able to see that Jehovah Rapha wanted to move. And instead of standing idle, they did something. They took a step forward, and they... They brought him into the place where Jehovah Rapha was residing. And the Lord looked at him and he said, you are healed. Pick up your mat and go. And we wanted the kids to be aware that sometimes your Jehovah Rapha moment is not immediate. 
Sometimes you might get healed here on earth or you might get healed in heaven. You might be in physical pain or emotional pain, but that doesn't make God any less El Roy, the God who sees you. God knows about your pain. God knows who you are. He knows what you're going through and he sees you and he wants to be Jehovah Rapha and heal you. And you don't want to miss your Jehovah Rapha moment in other areas because you're so focused on the physical healing from Jehovah Rapha because there are so many other things that he can and is willing to do. And it's important to remember Jehovah Nisi so you can step in raising your banner and celebrate the Lord before, during, and after your healing. And that you can proudly proclaim whose you are, who you belong to. And so that is a, as we're ending, before the kids come up and speak, that's what I think is um, the biggest point that I want to get across to you guys, is that this was more than just um, definitions. We weren't just like, okay, guys, sit down, Jehovah Rapha, healer, boom, you guys are ready to go. There was so much behind it. And it just opens your eyes to all the things that God does for you. And it, it helps. It's an attempt to not take him for granted, which I know is so easy for us to do sometimes. But every breath that we take, every step that we take, every part of our lives is because of the Lord. It's because of Yahweh. It's because of who he, who he is and the ways that he wants to move. And when we're more aware of that, we don't miss things. We don't miss when God is working or when God is trying to do something. So with that, I would like to invite up one of our people who want to talk. Whoever's first, just run on up. Woo, go Desi. Go Paul. So um, in our small group, one of the questions that Didi had was, how did this person's faith affect the people around them? So, for example, in the story with Moses, um, the daughter's, uh, well, the mother's faith to put him into the basket um, and sending him into the river, then the daughter followed the basket, make sure he got there safe, then was able to bring Moses' mom to be able to stay with him for those two years. And, you know, that affected so much in the future. It affected, you know, him being able to free all the slaves. Um, I realized today that we kind of had that moment as well. So Didi and Brittany making this camp, and one of the things was us going <laughs> with Mr. Uh, Dan Purdy to make ice cream. Well, it turns out, I didn't know this till today, but he's been suffering with some empty nest syndrome and really enjoyed having all the kids there. And um, so we made sure that when we were making his thank you card, when we made sure that when we, we were making his thank you card that we, we drew flames on it for the Purdy Q and we all made sure we wrote a little note of like, I hope we can come back soon. You made it so special. Thank you so much. And um, our going, we made it very personalized to him. He let us pet his dog, Smokey, and he just enjoyed having us there. And I think we, I think we went over on time a little bit, but we were happy. We were happy to stay there late. Um, and so their faith in like rearranging plans and us not being able to do this last minute, so they changed it to this, and it all led to this man, you know being able to have some kids in his house again 
um, and be able to show us how to use the ice cream machine and clean up a, a lot of spilled milk. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just be able to have fun with us. And, <laughs> and I think that that really shows that, you know, their faith throughout this whole time and their dedication in making sure that we all had a great time and made sure that we all got to do something we enjoyed and would be delicious eating, might I add. <laughs> um, all of that made us have a great time, made us feel closer to like Mr. Purdy and also um, helped a dad who was, you know, grieving his kids moving on and they didn't even mean for that to happen and yet it did. So thank you. So I'm going to be talking about Jehovah Nisi. Oh, sorry, Jehovah Rapha. And one of the verses that we read was Job 42. And I felt like it talked about why something is happening. Like it talked about why we should ask God why something's happening and um, that we shouldn't turn our backs on God and that if we are faithful to God that he'll bless us in the end. Like, God blessed Job because he was faithful to him, and he didn't turn his back or curse him. And he continued to listen and follow, even though he suffered from pain, and he lost his family and his crops. Um, God wants to do more than what you might want. Like, you may want a healing in, say, your kneecaps. <laughs> And he may make it so you're able to run and jump and do everything that you could. And now you can do the activities that you loved. And it's because God's the most high God and that he loves us and wants a relationship with us. God does this so we can have a more fulfilling life and a better life because we're his followers. And also, most of the time he doesn't work on our time. Like... <laughs> and sometimes he does more than what we want like he's just too good so do we have anybody else oh I hear someone talking to Evan alright I don't have much to say, so I'm going to make this short. Um, I, I've i been doing this for a few years. I think a second longest, other than the canon people. <laughs> but um, every time I've enjoyed myself, and this this year seemed so short. I Why, why can't we do another day? Come on, let's just stay for Monday. Um, but I, I think... I speak for all of us when I say we had a blast doing all of these awesome games and the fun stuff that we did. Um, and I, I'm ready for next year. Thank you. Anybody else before we move on? Anybody, anybody, Bueller? All right, nobody else. If you if you think about it, just raise your hand and we'll let you guys go. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, you don't have to. We'll be nice. 
Alrighty, so as you guys can see, we have been so blessed to have this incredible group of teens with us. They were they were so faithful. They are the reason why this church looks so clean. It doesn't look like we've lived in it for five days. They, <laughs> they were so good, even when they got less sleep than they anticipated getting. Um, their attitudes were always so positive, and they came with the hunger for God. We didn't have to drag their feet away from the fun games to have them do a message or be like, okay, guys, it's time to get serious. It's time for the non-fun stuff. No, they were ready, and they were excited, and they felt like those things were fun, or at least they acted like it. They did a good job if they just acted. Um, but they really enjoyed just getting to know more about the God that they serve, and I'm so excited to see what they're going to do in the future. And so I honestly think they also deserve a round of applause just for being here. Yeah, it is just such an honor to be able to serve these guys and to be able to spend the week with them. They're so forgiving and so willing to be flexible. Poor Dominique wrote out a nice little schedule for us that I was constantly making addendums to. And they were very good at sticking to them and being on time and just overall being joys. It's, it doesn't feel like work. Like Evan said, it actually did feel really short. Dominic and I woke up today and we were like, oh my goodness, is this the last day? We're like, what are we supposed to do? We don't have to keep them alive all day. They're just going to go home and stay alive that way. Like, what's happening? <laughs> we don't get to see them for a whole week. What's going on? And so, uh, but anyways, they're such a joy to work with. It doesn't feel like work at all. It is really just a blessing. And God has really put us in the most amazing position to be able to just have this opportunity to spend time with them and to just see the way that God is working in their lives and how they're connecting with each other um, while connecting with God. It's just, it's just a true honor. So take over. Yeah. All right. So we'll go ahead and close a little bit early today, but um, just to reiterate what Brittany said, um, I love being a youth pastor. I love it, and I love these kids. It's so much fun. Um, this week went by incredibly fast, just like Evan and Brittany said. Um, it doesn't feel like that it's already been, what, four or five days, whatever it was, four-ish days. <laughs> but just to see how um, preparing for the messages that we give really helps me be able to hide God's word in my heart better because I'm writing it, and I'm reading it myself, and I'm studying exactly what sections I want to teach them, and then they ask such amazing questions afterwards. So I'm like, okay, I got to study it for my next message because I want to be able to answer these questions. <laughs> and so um, it's just been a really, really great opportunity for me to grow in my faith and grow in my walk as they're growing in their walks because as Christians, we're always learning and we're always growing. Um, we never make it to a precipice where we're just like, okay, God, that's enough. We made it, you know. We're all, God is um, omnipotent and he's everlasting and he's always there. So that means there's always something that we can learn from him and that we'll continue learning from him in eternity. So I'm going to go ahead and close for us really quick. Father God, thank you so much for how you've moved in this last week. Thank you so much for everything that you are and giving us an understanding of who you are and in every name that is on the back of our shirts, God, and that is all throughout the Bible, 
um, being able to understand you more fully helps us be able to immerse ourselves in your word and see exactly how you fashioned everything to happen so that everybody was able to fulfill their purpose. And because they fulfilled their purpose, we are encouraged in our walk currently today, God. And we just thank you for their courage and for their faithfulness and their reliance on you. And we thank you for their example of the incredible things that happen when we fully devote ourselves to you and we fully rely on you, God. So again, we thank you for these kids. We thank you for the congregation. We thank you for the volunteers um, who were just so happy and so willing to help and is so loving and so kind to each and every one of our kids and to us. Thank you for their flexibility and also forgiving of our schedule changes as well, God. We have an incredible church body, and I know that you've positioned us to be in this church body for a reason, and we're so blessed to have the opportunity to continue to grow together. In your name we pray, amen.